Hi everyone, my name is uh, DJ Honeycut, aka Tyler Sneezeby, aka Boba Fat the Booty Hunter. And my name is Pipskid or Patrick Skeen. Hi, my name is Rod Bailey, aka McEnroe, aka Roddy Rod the Microphone God. And you've got episode two of the Farm Fresh 25th anniversary podcast hosted by UGSMag.com. We're hanging out here on a sunny midnight session in the middle of March. And um, we meant to do this about three weeks ago, but you know how we do. Busy boys, busy 40-somethings. Pat just got back from hockey. And uh, today we're going to give you some more tracks um, from the early 90s that as we sort of got started going um, as Farm Fresh and playing shows and stuff like that. Um, but maybe we're going to start it off with a couple of listener questions. Um, yeah, we had some people um, who had listened to episode one and had some questions. Um, uh, one was from, uh, sorry, who was it from? It's from my friend Bridget. Yeah. Who's from Australia. And she said, what is it? What was it like in Brandon at that time? You know, she's a lot younger than I am and has never been to the prairies in Canada. So... What can you remember about Brandon in those days, and what was it like? You saw that picture with with all of us wearing the Hard Rock Cafe Brandon shirt. <laughs> just assume that that's how it was. We all just wore Hard, hard Rock Cafe shirts all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how was Brandon in 92, 93? Uh, I mean, I always refer to it as a culturalist void if that's any indication I mean it was a it's a small city it was a 40 35 40,000 people it uh, really likes it had you know it had it was a it was one of those donut kind of cities where where uh, the downtown was everything was closed down and everything was spreading to the suburbs and to the ends, the fringes of town. And there was Walmarts and Wendy's and McDonald's and and uh, nothing really unique about it. What else can you say about a city that size? I mean, there's there all there's there's cities just like that across Western Canada. You know, you can compare it to. Medicine Hat and I but I think else. yeah, but I think the thing is, I mean, you know, most most people our age were into, you know, there was definitely, you know, the mainstream kids that loved playing hockey, like all the guys played hockey and uh, wore their Grand Club Beach shirts and you know just like to party and you know out there like a, a popular pastime, you know, on a Friday night would be go to some dude's field and set a pallet on fire and get drunk. Push someone into it. Push someone into yeah. the pallet fire. I mean, those, <laughs> and those, and those people begat us, right? We were, uh, I mean, if that was culture, we were, we were the counterculture, right? Yeah, we were. And then there was a total counterculture of, um, you know, skateboarders, punk rockers, um, all that kind of thing. And everybody knew each other cause that wasn't a big community. And we no, came. there was not. There was not enough. There was not enough um, 
different subcultures to uh, support themselves. So we all just all we were all just one subculture of, of yeah. freaks and geeks and outcasts. Yeah. So that's why Farm Fresh ended up playing punk rock shows and and why skateboarders and BMXers hung out, whereas maybe in a bigger community, um, skateboarders and BMXers might hate each other. But in, in Brandon, skateboarders and freestylers were... Uh, Allies. Were, yeah. And I, I think, too, you get in these smaller cities, you you end up with, um, in those small those small countercultures you end up with with really wide age age ranges of people so then you're hanging out with like someone who who's 20 you're 18 and someone's 30 or whatever yeah so so then you end up with which i think adds a sort of stranger dynamic to things and yeah when we were skateboarding when we were in grade seven and eight we were hanging out with chris van mulligan who was uh, I don't know, 19 maybe at the time, which felt like he was, you know, he he, he looked like a grown-up because he was so hairy, but I mean, like, uh, <laughs> was, that, was that his name? Yeah, CVM. Uh, <clears throat> is that Van, uh, what was that? That was his name, right? I'm getting it mixed up with Chris Van Mulligan from uh, from here in, in Winnipeg. What was, his, what was the skateboarder's name that could ollie really high? And Anyways, uh, yeah, we would hang out with people that were that made our parents feel weird because we were <laughs> we were thirteen and they were twenty, and but it was just we just all sort of gravitated towards each other. For me, for me, the I mean, the cultural void is uh, is an accurate description, but also uh, for me, it was a, uh, I mean, it was really isolating. I think as well, uh, it felt it felt lonely in a way that wasn't healthy at times yeah the weather didn't help either so Bridget, i hope that answers uh, uh hope that answers your question thanks it, for for calling it was a real fucking dump bridget <laughs> <laughs> uh, was there yeah. any other questions uh yeah well you got one too pat what was that one i got a text from um from lester the next day and he that it came out, and he said, he said, hey, I listened to that Farm Fresh podcast, super cool. What were you eating during the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> and do you remember what you were what snack you were having? <laughs> I ordered some pizza because I just got back from hockey, and uh, right, you the... it's real hungry. Yeah. So there you go, Lester. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Today, uh, I, today, I, I I finished my meal before we started. And what was that? Just for Lester's curiosity. <laughs> Well, I'd made some uh, I'd made some homemade baked beans and uh, with some sleepy owl uh, toast and some avocado. It was very nice. Yeah, it looked really good too. <laughs> so there you go. Thank you, listeners. If you have any questions that you want us to answer in the next episode, please just you know find us. I guess I don't know. Find ask, us on the internet. Yeah, hit us up. Ask us any questions you want to know. Uh, but now let's uh, let's move on to uh, the 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 actual episode two. Where where were we when we left off? We were talking about um, we had played the pop the lid, and so we're sort of left off, you know, demoing in in parking lots in the middle of summer in Brandon. And now yeah. I think we want to kind of cut forward. So at that point, I'd moved to Winnipeg. Uh, after that, to start school, to start university, but we still. 
fall of 92. Fall of 92. And, uh, but we still kept in touch as far as working on Farm Fresh. And, um, and then, and then we got a show. And so then we had to kind of pick up the pace. And yeah. How did we get the show? That's what Zoom? I don't know. You just told me we had a show. So you tell me. I want to say Chris Hutton. Was it, was it Chris Hutton? I, see, I, th- I think I was in your basement when when the when the when the call came in. The call came in. <laughs> Tyler, <boom. laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I want to like it was a university show, was it not? Was it put on by? Was it put on by? Yeah, uh, I think so. Union. So what, who would that have been? Like Gord Gilmore or like. Uh, yeah, they Brad Kerr or something like that. <laughs> that a fucking cool name, Brad Kerr. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I can't remember who it was, but it was a, it was at the Brad University, and uh, and so yeah, we had some work to do. January twenty eighth. Then we get the call on January twenty seventh at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> we must have had a fair amount of. So the first stuff we're going to play you guys tonight is from a practice tape for that show. And that tape, I believe, was recorded when I was home for Christmas break from school. It was was recorded at uh, Valley View Community Center. Yeah. uh, Because uh, I guess we'd get into that later. But Pip and I were the janitors at Valley View Community Center. So that's we had the keys to the to the Beamer. So, yeah. So he must have got the gig at least a month in advance, which was good. And that's when we started to really push songs together. So let's yeah. get to it, because we've been talking for a while already, and play the first song, which is called Farm Fresh Sucks. Hey, because you open. <laughs> yeah. Dude, check us out. Hey, dude, check us out. Hey. Don't mess with the best, cause the best don't play. Don't do with the cool, cause the cool don't play. Hey, dude, hey, check us out. Hey, hey, dude, check us out. Come in, come in, I'll come in with the zoom. I'll give you free bass, but I won't give you a spoon. Never swing in legs, cause they see me as a fool. So I strut my ass solo in the hall of school. Picking up dust, my teachers don't trust me, cause my jeans are fat and that's a must. Make back quite large, like Charles and Charles. Of our days and our nights, like a sod. If I deliver a pizza, I expect bad tips Cause I chase, hunt, and never fun to duck All I ever get is a fuck it I saw the pandas, I got the dandruff And I digest crumb like Ruff McGruff I rehearse this verse to suit this loop Donate the book and I'll give it the food Cause my rhymes are right for the kick on hot sunny days, you'll find me sick or poppin'. I close at the shows and your mouth is droppin'. I shit so heavy, it'll give you a hernia. Three fat-ass motherfuckers, we're gonna burn you. What do you think of farm fresh, they suck? What do you think of farm fresh, they suck? What do you think of farm fresh, they suck? What do you think of farm fresh? Give me five up high, down low, too slow. If you diss me, pal, I'm gonna tell you where to go. If the bathroom don't work, use your pants. I'll give you regular with bread like my aunt. Shaking it ass, shaking it ass, shaking it ass, shaking Shaking bacon, bacon, cake, and I don't take shit I scrape a ring closer than a Remington blade Collars on the cross, made the records get to play Will I get on it? Yes, you may I'm to save a life, but I'm not 
I'd rather stay home and watch my man Jamie Aiken Chilling with barbers, watch the two cut loose Talking with scenes more like a midday snooze Living in the weeds, yeah, I'm a Brandonite Man, I'm super, yet I'm super the kryptonite And when I'm on, I'm on the mic You watch, you feel the groove You saw it, you got you. So if you want the song to lingo Get your hands out your pockets and give us the finger What do you think the bomb first they suck? What do you think the bomb first they suck? What do you think the bomb first they suck? That was Farm Fresh Sucks. Uh, one of my favorite lines I ever wrote is in that song, which is, uh, don't drive a combine, but we've combined some <laughs> phrases to amaze and blow your <laughs> mind. Yeah. I, that's a good one. What is it? I saw the pandas. <laughs> that reminded me. That I saw the pandas. I've got the dandruff, and I digest crime like Mark Ruff McGruff. And I remember later on in later shows, you used to do that. Like ragged dance hall oh, style. Sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the bandas. I got the dandruff. You, you used to just disappropriate those lines so hard. Uh. <laughs> uh, that was a good song, and that was a hit, of course, because it was a call and response, call and response with the audience. <clears throat> so what do you think of Far Fresh? And the audience knew what to do. They would give us the finger and and yell, yell, they they suck at us, and and. Uh, yeah, West Montgomery sample. Yep. And, uh, and on the topic of, uh, and there's some pretty, um, on the topic of, of pause tapes, there's some pretty um, sophisticated uh, uh, arranging going on there. I noticed in one point the, um, the drums come in on the two, so we must have ar- arranged it so that uh, they didn't always just come in the same place. So, Yeah, this whole batch of things... Um, shows some progression in the pause tapes and then at the end of this episode um, I think I had got the sampler but you're still doing a few pause tapes and that's sort of where I call peak pause tape where you really really hit you know did some really good arranging in you know in a year's time like just big jump forward of a of a antiquated useless yeah Yeah. (laughs) making leaps and bounds in a Exactly. <laughs> In a useless talent. <laughs> oh well. Yeah. So yeah, we so uh, we uh, Pip, Pip and I had uh, we had this job as janitors at Valley View Community Center. We were in charge of the skating rink where we would like scrape and flood the ice, and then whenever there was a wedding social in the hall part, we were. Um, we had to come in afterwards and, and like sweep and mop and clean up the mess and stuff like that. And so we, we set up shop in Valley View Community Center, um, and recorded. Yeah. Did a rehearsal basically. 
yeah, we set up almost at the end and uh, at the end of the hall as though there was like on it and, and yeah, basically rehearsed a live a live show and recorded it all. What would we have recorded that into a four track? No, no, just a tape deck. Just a tape deck, right? We would have recorded the. Were you even to the two? You might have been even sharing. I might be sharing. I'm like, that's why I'm so quiet. You were getting it past it you, and I wasn't very good at sharing that mic. Apparently, <laughs> you were just holding it over <laughs> for my three, for my two or three lines per song. I'm quick to save a life, but I'm not on Danger Bay. <laughs> it's funny we we uh, we shout out Jamie Aiken in that song. Yeah, we actually got to talk about that. How did we get that gig too? Think about that. Let's play another song. But think about how, because that's another thing where you just told me, hey, we're also going to be on Manitoba <laughs> Midday. Yeah. Weird. Uh, should we just listen to another song then? Yeah, let's play the next song. It's called Some People Kick Ass and Some People Don't. Cause you know the beat is catchy Not afraid to move around Even though I'm that sketchy Thoughts refresh my ways on you Got a plethora of things that I can do When it's time to think I'm a brainiac And when I wanna have fun I'm a maniac I'm um, good like Johnny B Everybody knows me And I lock up my drawers Just like Mr. Lee Anyway, some say that I'm defiant Fuck funny and the shitheads I watch really giant I love, I love, I love my dinner a la craft And I got more songs than Jerome the Giraffe Give me a K like a bottle of Coke K is for kicking like my man Robbie Woke He's off to jail without a weekend pass Big Harry man, he better watch his ass Who's in front of you and me? And we're dissing out lyrics while Tyler's in the back mixing Up the disc on the set with a needle from Johnson Crazy old couple talking all that nonsense I got three goals and they called it a hatchet When I was born my mama named me Patrick You want more? I got rhymes galore Cause I'm the biggest thing in town since the superstore Some people kick ass and some people don't Some people kick ass and some people don't Some people kick ass and some people don't Some people kick ass and some don't me or me, we get fatter Like we've eaten everything on the grape dessert platter So I guess we're perfect in every way Hmm, what an egotistical thing to say Time to be honest, I'm gonna lay it all on the line If I was boasting then a crime would be fun I'm sad like the glad man, lyrics in a trash can I'm surprised from fresh has this many fans I got more questions in tour de force Way too allergic so I can't ride a horse that's how asthmatic I am, I slam down on the ground cause I can't breathe man But after an inhaler I'm fun, so I can grab the mic and then get mine Cause I rocks more than a back lane, I'll run all dressed up and yours are plain When I go to IG I get attention, I come first like a C in convention Furthermore I'd like to mention, that I got more bounce than my car's with suspension I'm delivering produce like my man Daryl Dennis, like Pat put us into this On the prairies, like Michael Landon. Some people kick gas and some people don't. Some people kick gas and some people don't. Some people kick gas and some people don't. Some people kick ass and some don't.
front of the rhyme cafeteria Get your money out, cause pump is just serving you Hip-hop's too sure to give you the run We got crazy skills, but we lack the fun Talk without money, nose a little runny Rob, that's me, and I'm feeling kinda funny I'm to the right of the rhyme supreme Words come to him like revelations in a dream And if he's a dream, then I'm a hot flash Making you dance like, like a, a diaper rash Soul in the prairie, feeling like a villager Heavy set teeth like my man Dan Gallagher I eat apple pie, yet I'm not American I'm not Irish, yet I used to watch Harrigan Canadian, a man with fevers and dust And, and Brian Adams, but he sucks Some people kick ass, some people don't Some people kick ass, and some people don't Some people kick ass, and some people don't People kick ass, and some don't I think that must be a blend of you and I um, writing. I think Rod's verse, last verse there is all Rod. I think a lot of that was mine. All the corny stuff was mine, yeah. which is a lot of it. Some of the really stupid things that don't make sense, I for sure wrote. No, the and, stupid things were but, what I wrote. There's like I wrote a lot of that, and it was bad. Yeah, I can hear the third. The third, I can definitely, I definitely don't recognize any of it, but I do recognize one really the uh, the asthma stuff. Yeah, and and then this is of course yours. Like, and I'm yeah. like the car, the suspension, and the IGA shit. I would have pulled from you. I've, there, yeah. there's a there's a style I do in there briefly. That's exactly the same style as the same old thing where I'm hmm that yeah. drawing out style, yeah. which reminds me that um, some other listener feedback that I received <laughs> from the first episode was from Bird of Prey, who who spent a good couple hours texting me about how how much I must have liked PM Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, yeah. Did uh, you like PM Dawn? I can't remember. Oh, fuck you, bird. <laughs> no, you liked PM Dawn. I did not like PM Dawn. Although th- I, I remember hearing PM Dawn on the radio, on AM radio in Brandon, and it was definitely the first time that a Brandon radio station had played rap that I was aware of. What, like set adrift on memory bliss that song, right? Yeah. We had decided that you would sound that you sounded like smooth B, smooth B. <laughs> yeah. You're st- oh, I totally sounded like smooth B. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the asthma line like uh, like um, S Hulk. What a uh, <clears throat> I slam down on the ground because I can't breathe, man. That's pretty clever. Yeah. And the next line is <laughs> not really, and and then. Uh, Size, you know, after an I'm inhaler and fine, so I can grab the mic and get mine. That's that's, that's pretty dope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think the chorus is fucking hilarious. It's very sort of matter of fact. And this and the beat too, like uh, the beat is pretty pretty. pretty the beat is great. Pretty sophisticated. You got the you got this the uh, reflections, the Diana Ross and the Supreme sample, and then you've got a change up where we switch to the. Aretha Franklin guitar, but then we also have two drum beats. We have the Papa Was Two drum beat and the uh, Average White Band drum beat. So I think we were. That's, the reason we have those two drum beats in that song is because we took them from the same. I believe we took them from the same Young MC song that used both drum beats. <laughs> <laughs> or something. Shit. 
We jacked, yeah. we jacked yeah. a song that had used those two drum beats and used both drum beats in our song, yeah, if I'm not makes, mistaken. That's we, we, of course, did not have Papa Was 2. No. Nor did we have the average white band record at that time. So, I mean, we probably stole it from a... Yeah. Oh, I think it was Young MC from his first rat, first album. Which, of course, is a masterpiece because it's, it's uh, the Dust Brothers. But, yeah. Um, it makes sense that we wouldn't have got it from any... from. But using the Supreme sample and the Aretha Franklin yeah. sample in the same song. That was, that was all you. That was brilliant. There you go. I don't think that song lasted long in our rotation. I don't think so either. How, how many How many songs are there from this uh, Valley View practice session? We're only going to hear four tonight. Um, there's another one called Bite the Brass that we won't play. Because it sampled... Um, uh, Miles Davis Bitches Brew um, but it's pretty much unlistenable because you can't hear the vocals like it's just such a bad recording right and because this, the loops that we chose from Bitches Brew were just so noisy so crazy to begin with like they're yeah. just these like crazy horn loops that <laughs> you know it's like you you can't rap over and hear yeah. the rapper yeah um, and then, you know, that night, I think we did a practice tape of things we've already played. Like, I think we did Celine Dion. Mm-hmm. And um, we did, we definitely practiced um, Pop the Lid. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, let's play, let's play another one. This song's called um, Here I Come. The money will roll and smile You do your newfound wealth Think we're up here healing for our health The other that I'm inhaling That you're exhaling And I'm growing pale You're a dumb fuck You got dumb luck You should have paid more attention To constable damn chuck You need help my friend That's where we come in I'm fresh that's us man Where you been? Here I come Here I go Not five minutes ago But here I come, here I go Right, right, right now Here I come, here I go Not five minutes ago, but Here I come, here I go Right, right, right now We're heftier than the tattooed smurf, y'all Kicking routines like you're kicking a Nerf ball Now that we found a new employment Cause we really sucked when we were playing instruments Mazer implements is where you buy your tractors I ain't getting caught many trash compactors Like Luke and Leah, Han and Chewie too So I won't be getting rescued by R2-D2 P to the A-T-R-I-C-K R-K and R-K used to work at BK CKY has got city a Kuzak I bet my bottom buck she's never heard our music I like to share the area covered by my underwear just like the Bernsteins, I got fair Our crappiest songs make you shit your pants Not to mention how you have to get up and dance Here I come, here I go Not five minutes ago, but Here I come, here I go <laughs> Right now Word Here up, I come, here I come Not five minutes ago, but Here I come, here I come Right, 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 right
so that yeah, that uh, scratch part that I found was from a was from a uh, a, a, a really unique country, a comedy album that I had called uh, <laughs> Gene Tracy's Double Clutchin', which was a, a niche comedy genre called, which is truck stop comedy, basically. It was basically a, a X-rated comedy record that uh, that uh, was a guy would just tell jokes about about that would only be makes sense to truck drivers the kind of jokes people tell in private now <laughs> yeah exactly but so that's where we pulled that vocal sample and that's a charlie mingus where did we get that charlie mingus record from we got it we were at somebody's house and we went through their records and they had it and yeah. i think we had to go back and borrow it later or something because we just flipped out somebody we know was like house sitting at yeah, a house something like that and they had this record collection and i also remember that same record collection also had Sweet Exorcist by Curtis Mayfield and with that was a record that there were some good records in that collection I don't know whose collection it was I don't know where where uh, you know it was somewhere in Brandon so like where yeah, it was the professor or something yeah it was something like that it was some, somebody but yeah so we pulled a stole their Charlie Dominguez record and or there's a lot of it. stolen records. Like the Farm Fresh Sucks record was, I stole that West Montgomery record from the lady I was living with. And then right. she also had the Bert and I record that ended we up used. being used a lot for scratches. On, uh, on, uh, disenfranchise. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's, yeah, I got, but I got it way back then. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah, that's a, that was, a, that was, that's a, that's a good one. I forgot about that until, I just heard it now. I completely <laughs> forgot about it. Shoot, that's a good one. And the drums—you know where the drums are from? I recognize. I think the it's drums. the goats. The goats. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Anybody cool. remember the goats? We got one more from this session, but can you remember? Should we talk about the actual show and what you remember about the actual show? Our first show. What? Sorry, is there a date on these on these uh, songs? Did we talk about that already? I don't think they were recorded. Um, when he was home for Christmas holidays. Oh, right. I remember that. Yeah. In what? In like, December of 92. Okay. Cool. The actual show? The show that we performed these? Yeah. Well, what can I remember about it? So I had two... The setup was the these two tape decks, this uh, realistic mixer that we had bought ourselves from Radio Shack, uh, and... Um, and the Brian Hayes' parents' stolen uh, turntable with the pencil crayons we had shoved in the sides of it. It, it had that sort of floating uh, base to it so that it was like a shock absorption, but that didn't work well for scratching, so you actually had to shove something in the sides of it to prevent that sort of floaty sort of shock absorption um, feature to stay still. So we had pencil crayons shoved Did in the sides of it. Did you take the belt out as well? No, the belt. If it, no, it was belt driven, and so you couldn't do that, or else it would have not, not, not turned. Yeah, but um, so that was the live setup. So, and I remember having like looking back at the pictures too. I had like a big like a gooseneck lamp, uh, <laughs> you know, so that I could read the writing on the cassettes. I guess I don't know why it was. It was like I had a. It was almost like we had like my my. Uh, <laughs> my bedroom desk was up there or something I thought it was the preposterous really uncool setup and then you played bass 
yeah. as well. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> so this was at the Brandon University uh, Mingling Center, which um, it was like basically the center hall of the Students' Union building, which I guess is still the Students' Union building there today. And then one <laughs> side had this little tiny, tiny little stage, like a, it was wide stage, but it was like um, maybe only about uh, a foot tall. Like it was, and and the li- the only lighting in the room was a uh, like track lighting, so it was like with right. like six sixty watt house light bulbs. You know, there was no there was no atmosphere or any lighting. No rock and roll stage lighting. But I remember we managed to get people very excited about the show, and it was there was people there very early for us, and the room was full, and all the I remember all the house lights being on still, and it was like. There was some sort of like delay. We had something was. This was the, the Red Fresher Meatloaf show. Yeah. Well, the, the delay was the was nine volt batteries. For what? Who the fuck knows? Like a DI box or something. Right. <clears throat> and I just uh, remember standing there scratching. Someone ran to Walmart. <laughs> and we run. We instead of like just getting off stage like like normal people would have. We just stood there for 25 minutes entertaining the crowd. I remember that. And I remember I had this on my realistic DJ mixer. I had one effect, which was a, um, an echo effect. But the echo was like like a 164th echo. So everything just sounded like robotic. You know, it wasn't like yeah. a, it was switch on or switch off. Which is a dope echo, actually. It is. Uh, so I was just scratching. I remember scratching um, maybe like chip or uh, um, Pak Fu saying uh-uh, or whatever like for like uh, on a record for like I don't know what felt like minutes. I, yeah, yeah I just remember scratching that and looking out into the audience and seeing um, uh, Chris I don't know his last name but he ran first edition the records the uh, comic book store Okay. There's a comic book store, and the guy, and there was this little skinny, blonde-haired, weaselly guy named Chris, and he ran the comic book store. I don't remember his last name, and I just remember scratching away, and you two up there talking and doing talking bullshit, handing out free Craigmont Cola to everybody in the audience. And Chris uh, from First Edition, I remember looking out at the audience and seeing the comic book guy just being just just so irritated by by us and i was like oh this is a guy that i you know i i buy comic books for you comic books from every day every weekend and now he now he hates me <laughs> because we're because we're kind of just just annoying everyone right now so that's how we started our show i mean a lot of our friends were in the audience a lot of our friends were like right front row and we were just we were give, given our first show ever uh opening for a hardcore band and a punk band and we probably were on stage for like an hour you know like we we probably should have done a hot 20 or a hot 30 and got off the stage but we were on stage for like 75 minutes probably like from beginning to end with like because we had like 13 songs and we were on stage for before we started we were on stage like for an we were just soaking it all up. Like we were just like, you know. And then after the show was over, I think we were on stage for a while taking pictures, and you know, like just like, <laughs> like we were on, we were on stage for so long. Like plus we, um, we made all those 
our own posters in your basement for that show. Right. Where, where Red Fisher we, and Meatloaf's names were quite small. <laughs> meat Rack, not Meatloaf. Meat Rack. I wasn't going to correct them. I was enjoying the, the Meatloaf thing. Um, yeah, I know. We were already like... Lemmy, Lemmy was super pissed. <laughs> no, that's Motorhead. Yes, <laughs> All right, let's play another song. This song is called uh, Mr. J.M., and um, we can explain who Mr. Jam is after we play it. So let's play it. the name of abolition, otherwise known as the funk technicians. Under no condition will I ever be missing Thursday night jazz, God will be dishing out beer for everybody except me, cause I don't see the point of a G. I think Mr. Jam gets his beer for free, I've seen him drink it on break with Guy Smiley, who plays the piano with much intensity, my man looks like he's in agony. Are they comedians or are they a jazz band? Come to hear music, get harassed all night, man. Step into the pub, see a familiar face. Jay's dropping the bass, rocking the place. Mr. Jam, yes, Mr. Jam. Please music till the early hours of the AM. But they don't pay him, no, they don't pay him. If I was him, I'd be causing much mayhem. My man's a pusher, but he don't push pounds. He pushes to the people of bebop sound that you don't hear in this town, round these parts. But you're sure to hear a lot of achy breaky hearts. Mm-hmm. Mr. Jam's got us grooving, but he's on a crowded stage, he's not moving. Mr. Jam's fingers must be sore from playing, saying things, telling jokes and what the hand. Mr. Jam must practice, ask us, does a stand-up bass look like a cactus? Nah, it looks like a big violin, I'd say. Mr. Jam is smiling today, Mr. Jam. Bass! not playing he's working he used to work at perkins we thought he was a jerk because he wouldn't serve us but we deserve this we were causing for causing a disturbance hanging out for hours drinking free refills then walking out without paying our bills how do you make big bucks writing down little numbers ask mr jams what he did this summer 15 bucks an hour to read water meters now he makes half that serving pizza eaters sweetest sounds have yet to be found when jay and abolition rock the motherfucking wheat town beat down the drums by mr januska thumping bass drum will loosen your babushka if you're not used to the boom bash bashing you better plug your ears because the crash is smashing or shattering the glass in which you drink and the horns are so loud you can't hear yourself think graham and tim spitting into the brass music and grace well i'm sure they pass the flying colors the sound is so sweet after the song people rise to their feet to applaud the band playing bird and monk they got rid of the fat guy and added the funk which deserves to be heard from coast to coast as Tyler, Richard, and I give a toast to abolition. Go ahead with it, Mr. Jam. I know you're anxious to proceed and to lay some fat bass lines in time for the rhythm. In this next rhyme, I'm gonna give some props to Tim, John, Carl, and Graham. But this song is for Mr. Jam. Bye. 
Rod was Rod was bored during that uh, practice session, so he was just kabonking his mic somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and yelling, trying to distract you. Well, um, I listening back on that, I would definitely think that that was uh, a little bit too inspired by a, by like a jazzmatazz or a gangstar song. Yeah, well, there's even like a kind of a direct drop in the bass, rock in the place, which is like I think a direct bite from jazz thing. A gangstar. Yeah, it sounds like jazz thing for sure. Was was uh, so you want to explain that song? So yeah, I mentioned the pub in the mingling area of uh, of uh, the Brown University Students Union building, and that um, every Thursday night. Um, so this is ninety two, but I think we must have been going there when we were even in high school, maybe. Uh, but uh, every Thursday night there was a jazz night because as culturally void as Brandon was, uh, the university had a jazz, a music school and a, uh, a, a really good jazz program, actually. So there was still one of the best in the country. Yeah. So there was um, a lot of heavy jazz players learning and going to school. And so every Thursday night there was a jazz band uh, like just a jam jam session at this uh, pub called Suds, uh, and we would go there religiously. We would go there. It would be you and me and uh, and friends from like Robbie and Newfeld and Richard Richard Richard, <laughs> Richard Whitten, who you name drop in the song, and we'd all just go and eat popcorn and and play pool and listen to jazz. And it was it was our first it was our education it was a lot of our a lot of the songs that we heard for the first time i remember i became a huge fan of red clay by freddie hubbard because of hearing it hearing it there like our jazz education was was at these thursday night jazz nights at uh, this at this pub and um so the the bass player in this band was named jason monroe and um <clears throat> They once, I remember him once, um, um, they did, they covered Mr. PC by John Coltrane. And of course, PC, Mr. PC refers to Paul Chambers, Coltrane's bass player. Um, and so they said, so Jason introduced it and said, uh, we're now going to do Mr. PC, a song about Paul Chambers. And he said, I wish someone would write a song about me. And so we took that to heart and wrote Mr. J.M. So that song is kind of a reference to uh, Mr. P.C. by Coltrane, but also a reference to Jason Monroe wanting a song written about him. And so we did. We wrote a song about Jason Monroe and name-dropped uh, Tim, the sax player, and John, the piano player, and uh, Graham, the trumpet player, and uh, Carl. Carl Januska, who's now... a f- famous jazz player living in France uh, um, the drummer who was like a child prodigy he was even younger than us I think he was playing he was playing in that band when he was you know still in high school so so yeah this is this is a band that we would go see like clockwork every Thursday we would go listen to this band for three hours and it was our jazz education for many years and and then we wrote 
Mr. Mr. Jam about the bass player. I think that was mainly that was like majority of you, the writing. Yeah, yeah. Do yeah. you do you do you think that that song made him feel weird because he we definitely played that with him playing bass. I don't. I don't know. I think we. I think he knows the story that where that was uh, that that you know it was written in direct response to him wishing right. he had a song written about him like Paul Chambers had a song written about him. So it wasn't just out of the blue. As we were listening to it, I was like, I got a tiny bit mortified. Where it, and, it, <laughs> and I asked you, I said, "Do you did Jason know that you you wrote this and not me?" I was trying to immediately distance myself. <laughs> This many years later. <laughs> uh, um, Does anyone have his email? <laughs> but it was great, and they were they were, uh, yeah, we you know we uh, they were a huge part of our jazz education, our musical education around that time. So an amazing, also an amazing job of completely. Potentially isolating an entire audience if they're if just talking about something so insular, <laughs> right? Yeah, we were. That was talking about well, like how Jason paid his bills over the summer, reading yeah. water meters. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was good though. And what was that? What was that sample from the piano? Uh, Don Don Randy Trio, right. live on Sunset Strip. Which is a record I acquired somehow, um, and of course the drums were from Main Source. Um, but I like that. I like how the song starts with the the applause because it was a live record. So you hear the applause from the previous song, and then there's the gap of the and then the song starts. And I was able to unpause the. I was able to drop the drums right on it. There, I was I'm, listening to it now. Reminded me of how that was like a a fluke to get the. To get the the kick on right on the one, right on the one there, and then uh, of course I take a different part of the song where the the piano part is slightly different in the loop later on. Um, yeah, that was that was, was I think always my favorite of our early beats because it was yeah it was well just, done. It was a good loop. Yeah, Jason, if you're out there listening, I would absolutely love an update on your life, maybe a CV or something. And I will write a the third, a part third, two. Third verse. <laughs> part About one. how you make a living and part how you've made a living over the last 20 years, <laughs> 25 years. Yeah. Let's oh do boy. it. I'm and then serious. he got a job as an accountant. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love you let the sample roll at the end, though. I always love that shit. Right. Yeah. That was us having, you know, just, just spreading our wings a bit. I thought that was neat. So once we did that first show, we started to try and get gigs. Do you remember our second show? Well, yeah. I think it was at some sort of conference that uh, Darcy Dawn maybe booked us for or something like that. Oh, fuck. Really? It was like an agricultural museum or something, wasn't it? Yeah. I was at that conference. Um, like it was yeah, a you were. It was. We all played. It was a gig. It was like a. It was like a, um, children without borders or. A, yeah, it was like youth needing to talk about like ways to like end racism and shit. Yeah. Um, I remember that show was not very good. Fuck, I forgot no. about that. 
I remember I remember that show disintegrating into uh, Newfeld and I covering Rosemary by Lenny Kravitz with him on guitar and me on on recorder. Ooh. So that's how well that. <laughs> yeah, in that weird that weird room. It was like an old agricultural museum. Yeah. And then I think our third show was in Winnipeg, our first Winnipeg show. At the Royal Albert, which I think this week is, this week would be the 25th, it was like March 3rd. So it would have been like, you know, five weeks later, we were playing our third show. So that's pretty good, you know, three shows and, you know, we were playing shows every other week at that point. So that's pretty, pretty good for just starting out. But uh, yeah. five weeks later, we're doing our first Winnipeg show at the Royal Albert with... But nobody. Nobody? No, it was just us. No one played. No, I don't think so. No, it was just us. We played on a Tuesday night or something, and you know our Winnipeg friends came to the show, and that was it. It was not well attended, but it was fine. Eddie Ayub and yeah. And we went upstairs to try and get paid from from uh, Wayne Wayne after up in those fucked up hallways and. uh, he would yeah. answer his door. <laughs> yeah, he had an office. Wayne Towns, who owned the Albert back then, um, he had a an office in one of the empty apartments in the hotel. And, uh, yeah, when it came time to get paid. And we still, we brought it up for with him as an inside joke years later, like decades of, of inside jokes with him that you still owe us $30. But then, of course, the joke continued because he never ever did. Ha, 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 funny, funny. But then there was, but then there was like, hey, but, but, you know, where's our 30 bucks? I brought it up on stage and he he immediately, he was waiting for me when I got off stage uh, many years later and and, uh, he bought me a drink and then gave me an Albert, uh, a Royal Albert Arms t-shirt. You owe Rod and I one third of that drink <laughs> and one third of that t-shirt. t-shirt. Yeah. So let's play a song from that show. This is. We have stuff from that show. I do. I have the. There's a. So somebody videotaped it. So I got the entire videotape of the show. Holy shit! And it is really something to behold because it takes us about five minutes in between each song. We're like, what are we doing? And you know, just awkward pauses, unbelievable awkward pauses. Well, I'm queuing up tapes or what? Um, yeah, I guess that's what's happening is you're queuing up tapes <laughs> or something. And I got to get into the the playing with the live tapes thing, too. I got a story about that. But let's play this song. This is th- So we did the Bite the Brass version, which sampled Miles Davis, and it wasn't working. So then we did this remix, which I think sampled the score from Do the Right Thing or something. This is, this is oh, called, yeah. this is called yeah. Bite the Brass. We didn't do this song very many times either. But here it is, Bite the Brass.
That we were writing songs about sampling. You know, the biting the brass was, of course, meant to say, you know, get a new mixer so we can bite more brass. You know, it was about it was about sampling jazz right. record. Yeah, which which was neat. That beat bangs, and uh, um, you're you're really rapping on there too, Roddy. I think that's like a big progression there for you. Just in two well, months or whatever. Well, it's a live it's a live recording too, right? So it's like you're you're hyped recording recording in an empty community hall versus <laughs> a, you know rapping in an empty community hall versus rapping live on stage. You're obviously you know hyped up and you're louder and and uh, yeah, it, sh- it, sh- it obviously shows in that recording, right? Yeah, that's pretty. I mean, if you watch the the um, the Albert stuff, it's you know we're getting better, but there's still a long way to go. But uh, I was gonna say, like, um, I remember as we progressed and we we're using pause tapes. I remember having some incidents where you would start to do an arrangement and make a pause tape, but then abruptly stop, and then start again later again, in the be- tape. Again, because of the we were so I was so. Uh, concerned about the integrity of the sound um i felt as though okay if i made a mistake in the arrangement or if i blew a pause and that and that was that i you know once you blow it you have to start over from the beginning of the song right you can't you can't fix it you just have to just start the pot the the instrumental over again start from scratch and um and i felt as though if i were to rewind the tape and record over that that i would somehow uh, uh, the integrity of the sound would be lowered, so I would just start the new instrumental afterwards. So, so sometimes before we did a show, I would have to think to myself, "Okay, I made three mistakes, and so the fourth <laughs> version of the instrumental on this tape is the finished version." But then sometimes I would get it wrong, and I would play 
a, a half of an. I would play one of the bad the mistake versions, and so Rod and Pat would be rapping, and then just stop, and the instrument would just stop. <laughs> of course, there's no like preparation where it's like uh, marking the tapes or anything, or like, no. like before the show. <laughs> we had one show I remember at the West End that had so many stops. It was just a disaster. <laughs> I was just like, this has you can't horrible do system that was. I don't know why we were so concerned about the, those shitty pause tapes sounding less good. But So we were doing these pause tapes, and uh, at the same time, you guys were in Brandon. I'm in Winnipeg this time. And um, so we've played three or four shows over pause tapes, and then you start hanging out with these jazz musicians like Mr. JM and all those guys and come up with the idea to get us another gig at the Folk Festival that summer with a live band. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, again, again, I don't know how that came about. It must have been, I don't know who was producing the the folk festival at that time. Maybe, maybe Murray Evans, maybe Brad Gurr had something to do with it. I really don't. I wish I knew who. I would love to give propers to the people who got us these early gigs. I just can't remember who they are. Um, who was, you know. Who was buying shows and who was produ- producing shows in Brandon at that time? But Murray, I'm pretty sure Murray Evans was the artistic director of the folk festival at that time. Um, so he, I, I guess they, I mean, I guess on the strength of how many gigs could we have possibly have done? What was our next Brandon gig before that? I wonder if there even was one. I don't know if there even was one. So. July rolls around and we're hired to uh, play the folk festival <laughs> and we decide honestly I cannot remember how it all came together that we decided that we should be playing with this uh, live band obviously we were just too shook I think we were just came down to it was like there's no way we can play a show at that scale with our friggin pause tapes so we needed I just, headlining as well. Yeah, we were the last act on the <laughs> Saturday night. The uh, decision. Yeah, completely untested, unproven <laughs> kids. You know, nineteen-year-old kids. And you wanted to set a turntable on fire on stage with lighter fluid. I did. <laughs> you did want to, or you did do it. <laughs> I did set it on fire. Was that? Was that the family wagon? Was that the end of the family wagon? No, Brian it was. Hey, it was a different one. Um, <laughs> I just remember, yeah. So we got these these players. We got uh, we got uh, the Carl on Carl Januskon drums, Jason Monroe on bass, uh, um, Tim on saxophone. Can't remember Tim's last name. Sorry, Graham on trumpet, John on piano. Can't remember any of these guys' last names except for Jason and Carl, but um, yeah, this is '93, and we were the headliners of uh, the Saturday night of the folk festival, and we <laughs> rehearsed with these guys. You were back in Brandon for the summer. I was, yeah. yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, so we hired this band, and um, they learned. We didn't have many practices with us because I think what they learned was 
it's been a long time since I've listened to what or watched that video, so I can't remember how well they learned our songs. But uh, they learned them. Well, yeah, they, we had they learned our songs, the basic sampled versions of our songs, and then they just took it, took off from them, and improvised and did what you know what any jazz musician could easily do, which is yeah. just you know because they weren't they weren't difficult by any stretch. Yeah. Yeah, and that was when, um, at least locally, we really blew up. People saw that. People who were at that show, like, you can you can watch, you can watch um, the 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 video of that of that concert, and you can watch just the audience. It's almost like the Pied Piper or something like that. You can just watch people coming just like being like absorbed and 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 standing up and just like the party began instantly and i think from that point forward farm fresh was a pretty much a local phenomenon yeah even though even though you know we we were drowned out by the the two things the problems with that show and with live bands in general is you know we weren't the strongest rappers yet as far as any kind of you know, mic control or anything. So we we're so drowned out, especially me, by these guys losing our voice really quickly. And the, right. and they played so fast. Right. They played everything fast. And I wasn't even really DJing. I think I was mostly like conducting. Like you, were, I remember you were basically just conducting. A lot of the time I had my back to the audience and I was like pointing at players saying, okay, you cut out for four and you come back, drums out, you back in. And I was like basically doing pause tapes, but... Yeah, you know, I was arranging the song on the fly, basically. So, so let's listen to a little bit of this. This is called, uh, I think this is "Here I Come," but it's our live version that we played with this band to open the folk fest. Um, so let's play it. Like Prairie Pulse News, <laughs> the Farm Report, Life in Brandon. There's another one, Craig Moncola. These are strange young fellows. And I think they're ready. They all left the stage. I don't know what to do. Hit it. They said hit it. Ladies and gentlemen, Farm Fresh.
If only you could watch that on uh, on the video, you could see how uh, Pat and Rod have to spend the, their time, how they how they occupy their time during all those <laughs> solos, solos. <laughs> a lot of dancing, all the same. Hearing that, I, I feel like Jamiroquai might have been inspired by what we were doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe if he, had, like how- if he <laughs> hadn't preceded us, yeah, for sure. I like that uh, uh, Pat was just so moved by the music that he tried to sing along there for a little bit during the uh, during the uh, do some scatting. I was very taken. <laughs> uh, I do like the fact that we started it with. Uh, I forgot that we started it with that uh, Pink Floyd drum sample. Yeah, that's how we started it. Was was that Pink Floyd drums from the Zabriskie Point soundtrack? We were into some weird stuff back then. That's good. Good that we were doing weird things like that. So we started it off with the the, the crowd. The, the stage was was empty. Started it off with the Zabriskie, the Pink Floyd drums, 
then Carl comes out and starts to play along, and then I join him and scratch the electric company record, and that's pretty dope. And then basically they vamp on. Ten minutes later, Rod starts rapping. Yeah, and then they just get louder and louder and drown us out. <laughs> they vamp on uh, Watermelon Man or something like that. <laughs> I don't know what song that was. It's a Grant Green. It's... Yeah, Grant Green. Um, yeah, and like they do a. We do an encore for, on that show where they play like 150 BPM. They're <laughs> just so excited. Yeah, we're just, you know, people are dancing and the crowd's going nuts, but. You know, we, Pat and I are just struggling. Our voices are cooked and they're rap, you know, like way, way, way too fast. Mm. I got another song kind of from when we played at BU with the same lineup with a different drummer. I forget the other drummer's name, but maybe oh. we'll skip it. You get the idea. Yeah, Paul. You want to play it? Oh, yeah. We'll decide whether we leave it in the podcast or not. Yeah, you there's were, another there's another ninety minutes of of guitar solo, but yeah, <laughs> you were uh, the lyrics really, are good. 
Yeah, just feeling ah, you were really feeling that. <laughs> you were having fun. I like that. There's some good. One of the favorite. One of my favorite lines is in there. Stan Kubit, check it out of order or take out. That's a great line. Equip with the paddles when I'm playing Super Breakout. Yeah, that's a nice little Stan Stan Kubit, check it out of order in or take out. It's a great. It's a great it line. Didn't wasn't that from Celine Dion? No, wow. this is from the Nina Simone song, the one that we, we did the loop on the last episode. Right. I can't remember what the name of that song was called, though. Yeah. Uh, but you can see some songwriting developing there. Like, there's... there's Back and forth using, But beyond the... We're using repetition and and uh, in ways that, like, in verses that are, like, sort of semi-interesting. And, I, like and, your, I like your game show flair. So... <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! That's he was just he was really having fun. That's what I, that's what comes across when listening to that. that that's actually. probably the most fun I ever had. I haven't really had a lot of fun since. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, and and that was the slowest song of the night too. Probably, it was. It was the only one that you could actually hear us rap because that was at the B, at BU. I don't know, maybe a few months later, like the fall of '93. Right. Jeez. Yeah, once we got into the into the live band, we were we did quite a few of those shows. Um, at least a, until the f- until the following folk fest '94, uh, we, we were doing we did a handful of live. We did some live shows, and we were and then we were doing other shows like um, what was the Skinjerbird Men? What did they ha- they had that thing? What was it called? Butt explosion. We played some of those on yeah. pause tapes. I remember one of the pause tape ones being a disaster. Like I was saying earlier, I think that was a butt explosion or something. We played that insane show at uh, where uh, where uh, what would be across from the MTS Center now, like maybe the junkyard. The junkyard. That was yeah. very, our very first time playing with Gingerbread Man. That was oh right, insane. we were so yeah. scared. That was probably our second Winnipeg show, actually. Yeah. It was, it was playing with Gingerbread Man at the junkyard. That's right. Uh, would have been. I remember being just. I remember you and I, Pat, just being so afraid. We thought we were going to die. That was an ill Going vibe. into that building. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, then it became A&B Sound, and now I just think it's that. Uh, it's the hotel now. But um, when, I, when I worked at the nursing home, um, one of the residents was a bartender there for, for a lot of his life. And he, he told me a, a story where he said he, cause we were talking about whether he would have bartended that night. And he said around that time he came, when he came into work one day, the bartender from the night before was swinging over top of the bar from a extension cord and had hung himself. Oh my. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. The junkyard. Yeah. Yeah. I remember a bad turnout. I think, do I have that yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, we basically, they played for us and we played for, for them, basically. Right. Um, I got a couple more songs to play kind of from the end of this era, which I call the pause tape era. Um, so we we were obviously playing off pause tapes and then played with the live band, but we we're still messing around with pause tapes because we still didn't have a proper sampler. So um, here's a song that I did with Tyler. And I think it was just sort of a hobby song that never really became, like we never played it live. Actually, both these songs were not real Farm Fresh songs, but they were done at this time, and I think they're worth hearing. Um, and okay, one is one is me and 
you and one is me and Pat. Correct. Neither. Yeah. And I don't know when we did this. So we'll play the one me and you did, which is Happy Saturdays. I'm trying to figure out when that would have been, but it would have been around this time, I think, in the fall of 93. Yeah, end of 93, I imagine, yeah. Right. So let's listen to this song. We called it Happy Saturdays. So what's the harm in kicking the shit? You like it when I write it, write it, put it in your pocket, talk it when I rhyme, and then you wanna mock it after the facts. But I got the plaque, and if I take the beat out, then I always bring it back. I tape it on a tape, I put it in the sack, jump back in the red car with the ski rack. I head to the track, maybe do a loop around the block, do a donut, get stopped by the cop. Head to the shop where they got the records at. Now who is that? The boy behind the counter. Long so fat, we should have named it Wayne. So good, I had to step up from behind the face. Pretend to be an MC like a masquerade. And be a key part, just gonna miss the king case. This song will be a hit the first time it's played. It'll more than likely make it to the hit parade. There'll be an annual fun fresh parade. And we'll have a clever clap every place we stay. I have a house with a swimming pool and a maid Cause I'm an MC, now a backseat DJ I won't do it for the money, I just wanna get paid to put a short I gotta pay Home better booze, socks and shoes And I read a magazine when I take booze Now here's the news, the crowd always boos When you get up on the microphone expressing your views From my viewpoint and standpoint I'm not surprised when you rise and jump to my joint So I coin me a phrase Time to amaze, I blaze my style Laid back like a shade In phase, in sync, I stop and take a drink I ask your opinion, tell me what do you think In the clink, I throw ya, you sink My verse is over, so now I'm on the brink Checking rate shit, cause the shit got fast I don't stand around with my finger up my ass If I don't like the song, I'll rearrange it And if the beat don't work, then I'll change it And if the beat ain't boom, then I'll remix it And if I got off on the beat, then I'll fix it But if it sounds like you, I'll probably burn it Cause you only get respect if you earn it I'm back on the track, the MC for hire Like a bird on a wire, me and Tyler will conspire To give you your feel of the farm fresh thrill Producing like a meal, dynamic double bill in my will I'll leave the beats to ya, just like a bubble gum Unwrap ya and chew ya, I do right through ya Switch ya out when I'm done, Tyler hooks up the beat I set my phaser on sun, now I'm set Might I suggest you set the levels on ten And when the song is over, rewind and play again Cause it's a plan, deep back so come to my den and give me a 910 like a big fat hen. No one is around forever, but to be here for a while, your shit's gotta sound clever. And since I'd rather rock the one twos than rock the MIC, I pass it on over to Roddy Arthur. In the competition, I find that I'm the finalist. Listen to this, you see, you never knew this. And I blew this up like a balloon. Now listen to them, smooth scratching starting very soon.
dedication to Dominic for letting us the tape player. She won't be getting up for school tomorrow morning because we got her alarm clock too. She's gonna fail all cause of us. some some telltales into when when we made that song one would be the drums were stolen from reign of the tech yeah beat nuts beat nuts 12 inch which would have came out in 1993 but i mean uh the but the turn your mondays into happy saturdays sample that i scratched at the end is from on the road again by jungle brothers yeah featuring the remix which was the second single from their weird that weird album and that album came out in summer so i would say that's like again maybe when you were home for christmas from like in 1993 90, yeah that makes so. sense oh no i w- my parents my parents are gone i think at that point so i wasn't huh. home for christmas but anyway maybe. i probably was just home for something but yeah interesting i'm one thing i remember about that song first of all I rap on that song. I don't know if anybody noticed that, but that's that's me rapping on that. Yeah. And my first verse is sort of an ode to uh, special eds I got it made because I'm making all these um, sort of outlandish claims, like there'll be an annual Farm Fresh parade. And, and then just to make it clear that I'm referencing special ed, I actually quote them at the end of the line, at the end of the verse. A commemorative plaque where every, every place we've played. Right. It's a good verse. That was funny. Imaginary verse, uh, but then by the third verse, I think it's I do four bars, and then I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. In the rap, I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I, the other thing I remember about that song is that Sunil from Freak Show once told us that that was his, our favorite song he had we'd ever done. Right, that he loved that he loved that beat. That's a good beat, Sunil. Sunil, that's a mandrill. That's a mandrill sample. Pre pre. Um, Space that was that was uh, our first of yeah space part two is a mandrill sample but this preceded that by a year so I hear a lot of progression in your scratching my rapping and the beat yeah for sure the scratching scratching a sentence and and sometimes even getting it on beat is uh, certainly <laughs> rather than just instead of just like um, Maybe I must have had a I must have had a real turntable. I think you did, yeah. By then, I must have had a Technic twelve hundred. Yeah. I got my 
I mean, I got my first Techniques 1200 in Brandon. Um, I bought it off of the Grapes restaurant in at the on the North Hill. Uh, I noticed it in they they had like a little DJ booth at the Grapes because it was also like a, a, a you know I guess a lot of Grapes back then were also were restaurants but also had little nightclubs in them. And, um, Dinner and dancing is a classic combo. Uh, yeah, so so they had a little DJ booth there, and I noticed that they had a Tech 12 in there with the dust cover on it, and then a bunch of CDs piled up on. Like the <laughs> dust cover was literally collecting dust and shit and everything. So and that I, maniac manager was a, was a really bad cokehead. Yeah, so I stepped to the to the manager and I said, "I would like to buy that turntable off you." the one that's collecting dust in your DJ booth. And he was like, how much you want? How much? I said, or I offered him $100 for it, and he thought he was getting a great deal for it. And I thought I was getting a great I was getting a great, you were getting I got, a great deal. For I was it. getting a great deal for $100 for Tech 12. And he just thought, oh, man. He was like, do they even make records anymore? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Maybe. You know, I just played it down, but I that but then I got myself a my first Tech Twelve. So that obviously was a big part of why my scratching probably improved was because I was no longer using Brian Hayes' parents' family wagon and I was using a real a real turntable with actual torque and and um and it shows certainly it shows in that song. So And I got bought a gram of Coke and then yelled at me a bunch. Right, Pat worked at Scrapes at threw the time. A, threw a plate at my face or something. And then cut, cut some, uh, sabered some champagne and <laughs> twirled, his must, twirled his evil mustache. And, uh, yeah. Good, yeah. That was a, that was a, that's, a, that's a fun one to listen to. I haven't listened to that one in a while. I want to play one more, and this is an even more fun one to listen to for me anyway, which this song I had zero to do with. Um, but I think you guys made it kind of last minute as a Christmas gift for somebody. Um, so I always knew this song just called, because it's from the cassette that I found in my collection, it just says Vanessa Xmas. Right. Vanessa worked at the record store with our friends, Sherb and Neufeld. Uh, maybe I worked, no, I didn't work there at the time because I didn't start till later. But uh, she worked at the record store. And I don't know why we promised her because we were. 19 years old and she was an attractive woman that's probably had something to do with it um but uh, we just promised her a christmas song and uh, lo and behold we uh, <laughs> whipped one up one night so. what a lucky gal <laughs> <laughs> so All that's right. why we- let's play it let's hear it
That song is hot. It that is. is it's super hot. That song is. I, I mean, obviously, yeah. I mean, the, the, pro- the progression of the the pause tapes, like that little like drop, that little horn build that's at the last two yeah, bars. Well, yeah. Yeah, man, I'm, man, all sorts of stuff going on in that song. It's a hot beat. Holy cow! Yeah, and that's probably like the last. Of the pause tapes. That's the la- That's what. I, that's why I wanted to end it with that because it is the last of the pause tapes. Because basically, I think at that point, I I had a sampler, but you didn't, and you just wanted to do that for for your not crush or whatever. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how it came about that we were making a song for Vanessa, but hi Vanessa, if you, I don't even know any. <laughs> well, I can't even picture what she even looks like. No uh, but yeah, that's a hot beat. It's a hot beat. I think that's yeah, because by the summer of ninety, because you bought know, the Gemini. Sorry, hey, if her name was like Jane or like Sam or something, I could have really rocked that that verse. But considering you didn't like the, <laughs> so considering how un. Unmusical, un, un the name Vanessa is. You sure did name drop her a lot in that song. 
Did you write? Did you write the whole song, Pat? Yeah, that's all, Pat. Yeah, you can tell by how bad it is. Oh come on, that's good stuff. Everybody was writing their own stuff. The soap on a rope line. Everybody was writing their own stuff by this point. Right. And I wasn't writing any anything. So. All right. Well, that's that. I think that's the second episode. That's all I got for tonight. And on a real low note. What's that? I like, I like that one. That's a good. That's a nice one to end with. Yeah, no, I, I, me, t- me too. I mean, both those last two are like they show a lot of, you know, progression and they're fun and completely unreleased. That was sort of the point of this whole thing. Yeah, and yeah, you can definitely tell. You can definitely. I mean, listening to my scratches, it's, there's still a lot to be desired, but you can definitely tell that uh, I'm working with real, real gear as opposed to. Uh, 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 you know, a belt-driven home turntable. And you just think, like, from the beginning of the episode, a year passed, and the three of us just put so much effort into getting better. You right. You know, writing. Basically, we listened to a, a, a one-year progress over this episode, and that's where we ended up. It's pretty good. Yeah. All right, well, next, uh, next week, no, but next episode we'll certainly hear some... Uh, some more stuff uh, i've got a whole year of stuff before the space ep um so six or seven things to listen to and talk about so it'll be fun this is fun and it'll be fun to do another one so thanks for listening to episode two and thanks again to ugs mag for hosting the podcast and spreading the word yeah fuck you bird of prey <laughs> what a bird of I prey look forward to one. <laughs> yeah All right, thanks. All right, until next time. (laughs) Until next time, thanks a lot. Take care, peace.